Okay, it's an honor to be here. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. This is my first conference. I'm enjoying it uh, very much. And I've, I've, I've learned quite a bit. And uh, I've been studying Austrian economics for quite a while. Uh, but I also study other things, including agriculture economics. I'm an agriculture economist. My background is primarily uh, farm management. I work with agribusinesses and farmers. And so I get a firsthand glance of, of, of entrepreneurs. And I can tell you right now that neoclassical theory uh, falls on its face uh, when you start talking to these people, uh, because uh, neoclassical theory, as I'm going to indicate in my slides here, leaves no room for the entrepreneur. And trust me, uh, when you talk to some of these successful agribusiness people and farmers, they're not all alike. Uh, some of them are much better managers, much better at, at, at foreseeing uh, what's going to happen in the future than others. And so, and so neoclassical theory, as, as we all know in this room, leaves a lot to be desired. And so that's kind of what motivated me uh, to work on this paper. Also, I've been spending about the last 20 years, quite a bit of my research time, looking at efficiency and productivity indices. It's a, it's a form of benchmarking uh, that, that I've done quite a bit, for, mostly on farms, but also uh, for some cooperatives. And so, you know, kind of, kind of combine these two ideas, that, that uh, neoclassical theory of the firm uh, leaves a lot to be desired, and so I'm looking for something to kind of fill in the gaps there, but also I'm trying to explain some facts uh, in the efficiency and productivity literature that, that, that uh, everybody, economists and ag economists, have really struggled with uh, trying to explain. And so let me get into that. So the standard discussion of cost efficiency in neoclassical economic textbooks and journal articles suggests that firm advantages are very fleeting. Uh, what I mean by that is if, there, if a firm does have an advantage, uh, either by, uh, just by uh, luck, uh, they, they, they did something that someone else didn't do, or uh, they were a good manager and they did something, uh, did something well, uh, and, and they actually make more profit than, than one of their peers or one of their competitors, uh, people, the other competitors imitate that and the profits go away. So uh, uh, competitive advantage is quickly mimicked, and economic profit is very short-lived. However, uh, empirical research indicates that some firms have sustained competitive advantage. I'm not going to go into that literature, but there's literature in strategic management, there's literature in, in finance, there's literature in economics, and there's literature in ag economics that suggests that some firms actually do have a sustained competitive advantage. What I mean by that is they earn above normal profits over a long period of time. Neoclassical theory absolutely cannot explain that, okay? Uh, if this was not the case, if, 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 for, if we didn't see the sustained competitive advantage, uh, some of the things that I like to do, uh, specifically benchmarking, would be a lot less useful. That's a little strong statement to say it's irrelevant, because it probably would still have some relevancy, but it would be a lot less useful. Uh, because we wouldn't have targets to shoot to, that firms that are not doing so well to shoot for. Uh, and and uh, I, I work with uh, uh, farmers specifically, but I, 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 wor I, uh, uh, I work with, with, with farmers in workshops where we specifically talk about these benchmarks, and we spend all this time calculating these benchmarks. Why do we do that if that's not important? So the objective of this paper uh, is to examine how Austrian economics can be used to explain this persistence or the sustained competitive advantage. Uh, the sections of the paper, I'm just going to have to touch on those very briefly here. Uh, role of the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial heir. I won't spend much time on that because that's pretty standard uh, to the Austrian literature. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about defining cost efficiency for those of you that are not so familiar with that term. And then I'll try to, uh, to, try to uh, relate all of this to persistence and efficiency, which is the main topic. So the role of the entrepreneur, this is from Barreto, uh, book in 1989. He basically had four different categories, entrepreneur as coordinator, uh, entrepreneur as arbitrager, that's Kirzner, entrepreneur as innovator, and entrepreneur as uncertainty bearer. 
uh, Knight and others. There's quite a few uh, in that last category there. But these are some of the, some of the people that have been involved in these different, uh, different theories of the entrepreneur. I'm going to focus on Kirzner, entrepreneur as arbitrager. And so Kirchner talks about entrepreneurial error. In his early work, he, he primarily focused on entrepreneurial profit. But in later work, he, he said, yes, uh, it is possible for entrepreneurs to make mistakes. And so entrepreneurs can also have losses because they're dealing with uncertainty. And, and, and uh, the scenario that they thought was going to play out may not have played out. And so certainly there's entrepreneurial error. He notes that the market offers incentives for discovery of errors. And so if there are errors, people try to discover those and, and, uh, and make adjustments to their plans. Uh, however, this error does generate what I call inefficiency, which I'll define here in a little bit. Uh, it, it does cause uh, the firms to have, have losses uh, when they have these entrepreneurial errors. Uh, entrepreneurial error is not necessarily the same thing as X inefficiency. I can't get into that in detail, but I'm going to get into that in the paper. Uh, but X inefficiency is a much narrower concept than Kirzner's entrepreneurial error. Much narrower. In fact, X inefficiency primarily deals with, with uh, what, uh, what uh, Liebenstein calls gaps in knowledge uh, for like oligopoly firms. Well, here I'm talking about forms. And, and, and so it's a much narrower concept than, what, than entrepreneurial error. Uh, entrepreneur, well, I, I would like to note that entrepreneurs have differing abilities to gauge profit opportunities. This is related to, uh, to resource-based theory of the firm, uh, resource, resource advantage theory, uh, strategic management. All of those uh, strategic management theories have noted that, uh, that there is a lot of differences in entrepreneurs' ability to gauge profit opportunities. But this is particularly true, I would argue, in industries dominated by small businesses like agriculture. And again, anecdotal evidence working with, working with a, a, a numerous uh, farmers, there's a lot of difference in their ability to, to, to gather information, to process information, uh, to, really, to really think about scenario analysis, and on and on and on. And, and so there's just a lot of difference between the producers and how they, and, 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 and therefore that does lead to entrepreneurial profits and entrepreneurial losses, I would argue. So let's talk a little bit about cost efficiency before I, uh, you know, tie this into uh, persistence in, in uh, cost efficiency. Cost efficiency is really a fairly simple uh, concept. Uh, it's usually measured using cost returns to scale. And all we're doing is we're, we're looking at the minimum cost uh, to, to produce a given level of output. And so uh, if you're thinking about a cost frontier, we're trying to, to, trying to produce on the cost frontier, the total cost frontier. Uh, firms that are inefficient or inefficient are not producing on the cost uh, frontier. Cost inefficiency could be due to numerous things, uh, including technical inefficiency, allocative inefficiency, or scale inefficiency. But I want to tie this cost efficiency to Austrian economics, and so uh, let me have a couple slides here to, to attempt to do that. I've got more detail in the paper. Uh, first of all, there's pers persistence and efficiency is related to organizational competence or sustained competitive advantage. Uh, I think it's pretty easy to relate uh, persistence and efficiency to these theories, but I would argue that Austrian economics can add to uh, those theories and can add additional information that's not in these strategic management theories that helps us explain uh, this persistence and efficiency. Um, in before we do that, uh, before I have that, I'll do that in the next slide, increases in firm productivity can result from increases in either efficiency or effectiveness. Uh, we, can, we can more efficiently create value or we can efficient, efficiently creating more value. And so this is the idea that we can improve our costs or we can uh, have product differentiation and improve our price. This is very standard uh, in strategic management literature. 
So uh, tying this back to Austrian economics, uh, again, resource-based theory is the primary theory that I'm, I'm relating to here in strategic management. I, I think it does, uh, does lend us some ability to, to, to begin to, to uh, figure out why some firms are more successful than others, and, and conversely, why some firms really don't do very well. And you can ask yourself, well, how in the world could they do that? Well, I, I, I have evidence of farms that haven't made any money in 20 years. Uh, you know, how can they do that? Well, if you own your land and, and, you're, and you're willing to take a crappy return on your land and, you, and a crappy return for your, uh, for your labor, you can, you can farm for a long time. Uh, and conversely, there's, there's farms that are, that, are, that are very successful, have very high profits uh, over a long period of time, and, and are growing very rapidly. And so there's just a lot of differences uh, in an industry like, uh, like, like uh, farming uh, that, that I'm dealing with. And that's, that's, why I, uh, that's why, of course, I'm interested in this. But the key Austrian insights here that are related to this, uh, uh, relevant knowledge is local and tacit. This makes it very difficult for those that, are, that have been less successful to mimic those that have been successful. The knowledge is tacit. You know, what are you going to do? What are you, how are you going to you know, pick the guy's brain? I mean, it's, it, you know, it's just not possible uh, to get some of that information and to mimic what, what the successful producers are doing. Also, the firm, like the entrepreneur, learns about local uh, facts, and so there's, there's learning uh, involved here. And, and, and I think it's obvious that some entrepreneurs are probably better than others in terms of their ability to, to learn. Uh, particularly related to new technology. And in production agriculture, technology is very important. And, and if you don't adopt the right technologies, um, what I mean by right is those that have the most benefit over the cost, uh, you're going you're gonna to fall behind uh, in terms of your, of your efficiency or your productivity. And so that's, that's also important. A lot of differences uh, between entrepreneurs related to that fact. Also, firms incorporate market routines. And so people do the obvious. They look around and, 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 and do the obvious things. If, if, if for example, if, if, uh, if, if I'm from Indiana, I'm from Indiana if, if some farms are adopting a different tillage system and it's successful, they're going to see that, okay? And so the market routines are incorporated. However, um, firms also adapt to changing environment, and that's where some entrepreneurs really fall behind. Uh, you know, if, if, when the environment's changing, uh, some people say, well, what I've been doing in the past has, has been okay, so I'll just stay with what I've done in the past, uh, may not adopt new technologies, new methods, and therefore fall further behind. Also, uh, this is the one most closely related to strategic management. Not all routines or capabilities are equally efficient, and so some people are just better managers. Uh, and I, I've tried to talk to some of my colleagues that uh, that are really fond of neoclassical economics, and and uh, and, you know, and and just ask them that question. You think everybody has similar managerial ability? Does professors have similar ability? Well, if they do. Maybe I should get paid the same as you, or maybe you should get paid, you know, or and vice versa, kind of thing. And so, come on. Uh, you know, that, that's, that's, I, I think that's such an obvious thing, but it's something that neoclassical economics really doesn't do very good in, in terms of explaining. You really need a theory that, that, that's related to entrepreneurs, and, or, and, and, and I think tying that with strategic management literature to really help explain that. And so I, I think it's key uh, that we make room in the theory for the entrepreneur. In addition to uh, tying in some of the strategic management, uh, over time entrepreneurs tried to catch up to their rivals, uh, there's a tendency for earlier entrepreneurial errors to be replaced by profit-seeking entrepreneurial corrections. However, this process is not static, so inefficiency can persist. 
So even if we could figure out these entrepreneurial heirs, if, if, if someone that's less successful could figure out these entrepreneurial heirs that they've made and say, oh, that wasn't a very good decision, I'll make that correction, this isn't static. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Michael Porter's work. He changed his work over the years to, from a, more of a static to a dynamic analysis because of this. Competitive advantage and efficiency is not a static concept. It's, it's a, I always think of it as a moving target. Uh, you know, if, if, you know, if, if, uh, you know, if uh, right now we, uh, farming has a pretty high profit margin, that doesn't mean uh, five years from now it's going to have a, a, the same profit margin or you need to do the same things to be successful, uh, you know, five years from now. And so it's a moving target. It, it's very difficult, quite frankly, uh, to be on that cost frontier. Uh, because it is a moving target. And, and, uh, and even if you're on the cost frontier one year, if you don't continually make changes uh, adapting to the new environment, you're going to fall behind the cost curve. And so, uh, and so that's a, a, a point that's, that's very important to make is, is, is the reason that this is so complicated is the fact that this is not static. Uh, so summary and conclusions. How am I doing on time here? Okay. All right. I'll spend some time on this then. Uh, summary and conclusions, the following two problems are often ignored or glossed over in efficiency and productivity literature. And so I, I mentioned earlier that there's two things that we have a hard time explaining. These are the two things that, that, that we have difficulty explaining. One of, them, one of them is the large differences in efficiency among firms. Why is there so much difference among firms? I remember presenting uh, a paper about 20 years ago. And one of the colleagues, somebody I went to, got a PhD with, uh, University of Nebraska-Lincoln, uh, at University of Nebraska-Lincoln. He was getting a PhD. I was getting a master's. I got my PhD at Purdue. Uh, but uh, we, were, we were together in graduate school, and, and he, I was at this meeting. Uh, we were both at this meeting, and I was showing these results, and he says, this can't be. How can one person have an efficiency index that's 60% and, and so has 40% difference in cost? I says, well, look at the data. The, you, you, you tell you what's what's wrong the data or your or your neoclassical theory. He uh, didn't have a very good response to that. At least I didn't think he did. And so this is something that we've been trying to explain for a long time. I think Austrian economics can help us explain this. Okay, there's nothing there's nothing in entrepreneurial theory that suggests that all entrepreneurs are equally successful. In fact, in fact, the literature's made made, made a big point out of that. The other one that's probably just as important, if not more important, to what this paper here, the fact that these differences are often persistent over time. Not only is there large differences, they're persistent over time. And again, you get strategic management literature, the finance literature, the economic literature, and ag econ literature has all, all found this, that there's some firms that, that consistently do better uh, than other firms. In fact, uh, one, of the, one of the graduate students uh, uh, and myself, a graduate student I worked with about five years ago and myself, we looked at 20-year returns. Uh, for for maybe 300 farms, I can't remember the exact number, and the difference in the in the profit margin between those that uh, those that had above average performance and below average performance was about 25 percent. The the above average was like 20 percent profit margin, and the below the below average for souls were negative five percent. They were having very low return on their on their labor, for example, and so and so there is huge differences, uh, and uh, uh, both both in in a particular year, but there's also large differences over time. Uh, I'm, I, I I've argued here and I argue in the paper that Austrian economics, along with strategic management, uh, can be used to help explain these two artifacts. 
of efficiency and productivity literature. And so when we get these results, uh, we can more fully support and explain why these results look the way they do, which I think is very important uh, to, to be able to do uh, if we're going to continue these efficiency and productivity studies, which, which we're going to. Uh, because it is a very effective way to, to get a, a little better idea of, of, of how firms are doing vis-a-vis uh, -vis other firms in the industry.